pocket is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here at you with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great day out there today. Someone uh, must have told the market that it was my day to do the podcast today. As if you tune in with us here regularly, you know that Kip almost always gets the updates and I inevitably get the down days. After three days of gains across the board for our major indexes, we broke that today, at least for the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. Of course, on my day, again, with the NASDAQ down 2% on the day. But it wasn't all bad. We finished mixed on the day today. And overall, we think you have to take today as a win for our markets. And I'll explain why more so here in a minute. But you don't want to miss this because it was a really interesting session today. Uh, earlier today, futures looked like it was going to be you know, flat to lower on the day. We got a strong turnaround into the morning, but we couldn't hold on to those gains as we fell into the close, but some serious signs of strength out there. For example, a quick example here, the internals this morning, about an hour into trading, the NASDAQ down over 1%. And the internals were positive across the board. Yes, that even includes 52-week highs to lows, which really has not happened much lately at all. Uh, but we got a lot to cover here today. I'll cover more on the internals here in a minute. Uh, we'll also be covering some interesting action that we're seeing here in the 10-year yield as well as the dollar. I'll cover some of the latest earnings, including today, Meta. Oof. Brutal. Uh, and of course, we'll cover the, our market action on the day to day and why we actually see today as a win for the trading day, at least. So, starting off uh, here tomorrow, we, tomorrow morning, ahead of the open, we'll get the latest look at Q3 GDP. Uh, estimates all over the place, really, for this one. Uh, a lot of them over 2%. The Atlanta Fed actually came out today raising their estimates for Q3 GDP to, I mean, raising them by a lot to 3.1%. Wow. Uh, compared to the last two quarters, who would have thought that even the estimates would be that high for this upcoming quarter? That has a lot of implications, which I'll get into here as well. But that could explain part of the action that we've seen in bond yields the last few days, the 10-year falling another 2.2% today. Uh, during the day, intraday, we actually broke below 4% briefly, uh, finishing at a 4.01%, so not far off from that at all. If we get a strong GDP print tomorrow, expect yields to continue this move lower. That just adds more ammo to the argument that the Fed is time to at least start slowing the pace of these rate hikes. And we saw the same from the US dollar today, actually hitting its lowest levels for the month of October so far. A few big stats here for the dollar. It's now fallen 4.4% since its intraday high on September 28th. Now also breaking below its 50-day moving average. And not only that, the farthest below its 50-day moving average that it has been 
essentially since the beginning of the of the year. Last time was January 13th to be exact. So big moves here happening in the dollar and in yields here as well. And if you've been following us, you know that this is exactly what we have been looking for as we head in to the midterms here. Uh, it's the perfect storm for a melt-up into the midterms and beyond. Think about the, the series of events here. If GDP comes in positive tomorrow, that ruins the narrative of a recession, right? Because so many people have been so focused on, well, back-to-back -back quarters of negative GDP, so it will no longer be a recession. Uh, really, you're starting to see a lot of that already with a lot of people saying, well, I mean, a recession is when you can't find a job. Well, unemployment has remained at least near some of the lowest levels in recent memory over the last few years. Um, and while those might not be the great high paying jobs that they were before, people can find jobs. And that's why, you know, I've said this here on the podcast as well. I think a lot of people would disagree with us uh, that, you know, back to back quarters of negative GDP growth or negative GDP doesn't mean that we're in a recession, right? That's kind of like the general rule of thumb, like a layman's term version. If you talk to an economist about this, I mean, it's not a recession when you're able to go out and find a job, uh, at least to some extent, right? It, it is a sign that you're in a recession, not the technical definition. If you're talking to an economist, right? It's a good rule of thumb though, no doubt about it. But if we get a positive number tomorrow, this ruins that narrative. Second, of course, in this perfect storm of events would be then that the Fed pivots, at least starts slowing down the rate of the, the pace of rate increases from here. That would in turn also mean yields continue to fall. The dollar continues to fall. And of course, the biggest one that we are entering the most bullish time period seasonally to be in the market. And if you've been tuning with us here, you know the midterm stats as well that 18 out of 18 times after the midterms the market is up one year later that's going back to 1950 there i believe it's 1952 but 100 of the time one year later from the midterms the market has been higher so someone at the biden administration must have put in a call to the plunge protection team over the last few weeks to try to engineer all of these things coming together because we look set up here for a big rally. We've started to hit some overbought levels, short-term, just short-term levels on the longer-term indicators. We're really, we've got a ways to go here now. And the, again, the timing couldn't be better, especially for the Biden admi administration to call the plunge protection team. The news just keeps getting worse and worse for them going into the midterms. If they want to stand any chance at all, Going into the midterms, they need a good GDP print tomorrow. Uh, if they're able to get away from this talk of recession with a good GDP print, with the stock market at least showing signs of strength, it'll at least help their chances. You, I mean, you can almost hear it now. The crooks who work for these big mainstream media corporations saying, oh, well, you just have to give Biden's policy time, right? He's done all these great things. He's done the... Uh, you know, multiple acts and rounds of funding that he's done, whether it's the oxymoron of an inflation reduction act or whatever, um, you know, they will see themselves as vindicated 
if that if we get a good print tomorrow. Of course, we all know the truth here. These are still the effects we're feeling from the Trump economic miracle. Even here, two years later, we'll continue to feel it further and further on down the road through some of the things that he passed that are still coming into effect. Uh, we've got a few of those here that we've been working on. Um, but I would even make the argument here that if the Biden administration had done nothing, nothing at all for the last two years, this economy, this stock market would be in much, much better shape right now. It'd be a very different year than what we've had so far. But with a little less than two weeks to go leading up to the midterms, it certainly looks like a perfect storm of events for a stock market rally from here. Looking to our earnings now, after the bell today, we got Facebook or Meta. I'm never going to get used to that one. Just like Alphabet and Google, always going to call it Google. Uh, but Meta released earnings beating revenue estimates. Revenue was down uh, over $1.3 billion from Q3 of last year, so certainly a miss there. And they also missed on earnings per share estimates as well. So continuing from what we saw yesterday from uh, the other big tech names, Microsoft and Google, Meta down, last time I checked here, I'm gonna get one more check. Last time I checked it was down 13% in after hours trading. Wow, I'm, I'm glad I checked. It's down 16.6% and after hours right now on top of the 5.5% it was down on today's session today. Uh, brutal for Meta and I'll, I'll get into in a minute here why that's important for our sector watch today especially. Um, and again, yesterday after the big tech names were, were missed on earnings as well, we saw those losses increase today as well. Microsoft down over 7.7% today. Google down over 9% on the day today. And just in a second here, I'll explain something actually very bullish happening despite those things. Uh, tomorrow though, will be the busiest day of earnings for the week. In the morning, we've got MasterCard, Twitter, Shell, Comcast, uh, and more. And then after the bell, really the big ones here, Apple and Amazon, all eyes will be on that. We've got some other names in there too, like T-Mobile, Capital One, and some other ones. Um, but earnings weakness, again, adds to the narrative of the Fed making a pivot here. Uh, so really, if you're looking at it from that point of view, could continue to lead to this short-term pop into the midterms. So looking at our major indexes on the day-to-day, -day, here's what I want to get into. I mean, it was... You know, as I mentioned earlier, it looked like a good turnaround into the open today that really uh, we got positive just about across the board here. Uh, small caps at one point were up over 2%, but we couldn't hold on to our gains today. But here's what I, I mean when I say today's action was a win. Despite the negative earnings that we saw in the tech names I just mentioned yesterday and continue today, having the Dow and the small caps basically shaking off tech here and, and able to finish positive, if not flat, but a little bit positive, that is a big buck of the trend here. We want to see that continue. Maybe we see a continued rotation into value. So many people have been talking about that for a long time here. And we certainly saw it in a lot of areas today. Value names did pretty well today. Uh, but it really all started earlier this week, right? China, 
After the news from China over the weekend, Chinese markets were collapsing to start off the week, and we were able to finish positive across the board for all of our major indexes on Monday and on Tuesday. So, and that includes the semis as well, which we do not expect considering that how much China fell. So, and then add in the tech uh, earnings that we saw yesterday, negative news, and we were able to at least get positive today. It looks like the news cycle is changing. Where bad news and the stock market goes up, and remember, it's not the news that matters, it's the market's reaction to that news. So, if shorts, bears here, start to see that we're going up on bad news, they're going to get nervous. We've got a lot of outstanding shorts at these levels. So if that continues to be the case, they are going to get nervous here. And if shorts begin to cover, that adds some serious fuel to the fire for this market. Again, adding to our theme of a melt-up into the midterms and beyond here. As you can tell, I'm a little worked up about it today. Uh, really, the end of this week will be a big tell for the next moves for our market. Tomorrow morning, going to be crucial. Uh, so looking at our major indexes, good to see small caps leading the way here up 0.46%, well off the highs of the day to 1,804, but marking its fourth day of gains in a row. And remember this stat that I shared on last week's podcast. Small caps have outperformed large caps coming out of recession the last six out of six times and by a lot. On average, small caps have outperformed large caps by 14% from the lows in these scenarios. So we like the small caps a lot here. Today, small caps almost hit a 52-week high in relative strength to the NASDAQ. So again, we like the small caps a lot here. Next up, Dow Jones really flat on the day, up just 0.01% on the day, two points uh, to 31,839. Next up, the S&P 500 down 0.74% to 3,830. And finally for today, the NASDAQ down big 2.04% on the day to 10,970. Uh, fortunately, the small cap, or small caps, the semis, did hold up better today. They were higher earlier in the session, actually hitting their highest levels uh, since the beginning of October. Um, again, down 1% here on the day for the semi, so better than tech overall in the NASDAQ. Looking at our internals on the day, as I mentioned earlier, even with the market down earlier today, the internals were positive across the board. Maybe one of the first times, maybe one of the best readings we've seen from 52-week highs to lows in a while, but even with the mixed day and the negative uh, afternoon trading today, we, you know, we, we were able to hang on to some decent gains for the internals. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, 52-week highs to lows, you know, not positive here, but one of the better readings we've had recently with 241 stocks hitting 52-week lows, but we had 218 hitting 52-week highs. I mean, only eight more, with the NASDAQ down 2%, we only had eight more stocks hitting 52-week lows than 52-week highs. Uh, so that's at least some improvement here. And then lastly, volume, able to come in positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Again, similar to yesterday, these weren't big beats, but on a mixed day like today, we'll take it. 
Looking at our sectors on the day-to-day, -day, we finished with six out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day-to-day. -day. We were led by energy, healthcare, materials, consumer staples, and industrials. You know, really those value names, financials also here. Again, that rotation to value we're looking at here. And there are laggards. The biggest laggards, heavily, heavily weighted towards tech here. So, for example, communication services. When I think of communication services, I think of T-Mobile, Verizon, you know, phone companies, that kind of thing. I guess you could call Google a phone company. They have a phone. I don't know really anybody who has one, but I know there are people who do. But communication services down 4.75% on the day. Largest holding, the two forms of Google, the Alphabet A shares and the C shares, make up 23% of the current communication services portfolio there. So not good. And it's looking even worse. Meta also makes up 17% of the communication services sector. Meta, again, down 6% on the day, down 16%. And after hours right now, going to be another ugly day, it looks like, for this sector tomorrow. And then, of course, the next one was the tech sector. No, no explanation necessary there. Then it was consumer discretionary, which also, I mean, for that, I mean, I think of things like leisure activities, uh, high-end clothing. Well, I mean, I guess the first one makes sense. Amazon makes up 23% of this sector. What did Amazon uh, finish at today? take a look. I mean, remember, we've got Amazon earnings after the close tomorrow, uh, but Amazon down 4% on the day. Tesla also makes up 18% of consumer discretionary. I get it. Tesla's a huge company, car company. It's a luxury vehicle, but uh, I don't know if it warrants 18% of that portfolio. <laughs> I don't know, but the next largest is McDonald's at less than 5%. Uh, it's just interesting the way that these things are structured and so skewed towards tech. Um, after that, we had, let me see here, real estate and then utilities, which was interesting with yields down on the day. Really pretty much flat for the utilities though. Next up here today, our VRA commodity watch. Got some green here. Gold now up 0.65% to $1,668 an ounce. Got some outperformance from the gold miners today, up nearly 3%, 2.95 for GDX. Silver now up 1% to $19.54 an ounce. Copper up a big 4.2% to $3.54 a pound. And oil up 3.45% to $88.26 a barrel. Finally for today, the last area that I want to focus on here, Bitcoin higher again today by 3.2% to $20,739 a Bitcoin. Kip talked a little bit about this yesterday. Other cryptos though as well, rallying big. Ethereum last time I checked was up over 5% so far on the day. And a little bit of this may have had to do with UK lawmakers voting to recognize cryptocurrencies as regulated financial instruments and products. On the surface, sounds like positive news, right? But I, I can tell you right now, there is a flip side to this and I don't hear that. I definitely see some people in the industry talking about it, but not enough people talking about it. Certainly not as positive as it seems here. The new UK prime minister, Rishi Sunak, says he is pro crypto, but that doesn't necessarily mean 
He's pro-decentralized cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and the others out there. Doesn't necessarily mean he's even pro-private cryptocurrencies. I think what he's talking about is CBDCs, not what you want at all. I mean, what is even the point? I can use all of my dollars currently digitally, right? You pay your credit cards online, pay most things online. Why do we need a CBDC? Well, we'll, we'll tell you why here. In a video earlier this week, Sunak promoted, this week, promoted CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies, and said along with the rest of the G7, they are providing a guideline launching a set of public policy principles here, folks, for retail CBDCs again. Of course, these principles are filled with all of the buzzwords you would expect to get the layperson on board with this. Every single one you could expect. Oh, cybersecurity, inclusion, and tackling illicit finance. What is illicit finance? Well, whatever the government deems to be illicit, of course. Uh, they're going to be as broad as possible with this. CBDCs are not what we want here, folks. It is a highway, Trojan horse highway, into a social credit score like they have in China. As the Bank of International Settlements general manager said many times now, that's Augustine Karstens. Okay, if you want the video, just ask me, send me an email at support at VRE Insider. I'll send this your way. He is a member of the World Economic Forum. Okay, he's already stated a key aspect of CBDCs versus other forms of cryptocurrency or even cash, for example, here. Okay, a key aspect of them is that with CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, the central bank will have absolute technical control of the rules and regulations and how they can be used. What does that sound like to you? If you do something that they don't like, they will shut you down and take your funds. Doesn't matter, just like we saw in Canada, shutting down bank, uh, bank accounts of people involved in the convoys there. That's exactly what they're talking about. And he said they will have absolute technical control to enforce it here. <laughs> it's absolutely, they, they want full control of how people spend their money. If they don't agree with it, you won't be allowed to spend money. And think about this beyond even what, what the obvious illicit things, right? Like drugs or protesting the government or, you know, other illicit activities out there. Let's say, oh, you spent a lot on gas last month. You're paused, locked out. You're traveling too much. You're causing too much CO2 emissions with your airfares. Shut it down. I mean, think the list goes on and on there of what they could do to people's money if they don't like what you're saying online. Just like PayPal. You just saw they reinstated their $2,500 fine. Apparently, it's back on their website now. You have to get off sites like this. Uh, we're working on that now as well. So CBDCs, as you can tell, I believe they are a terrible idea. Again, a Trojan horse into a social credit system like China currently has. Do you want to be on lockdowns regularly? All right. Do you want to get disappeared anytime you t say something bad about the government? Then CBDCs are for you. I don't think that's this crowd at all.
Well, folks, uh, my rants are over for today. I appreciate y'all being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to receive all of our VRA podcasts at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. As always, please feel free to send any questions to support at VRAinsider.com. We love your questions, and as always, thank you for your feedback. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.